Hey guys, and welcome back to the Creative Influencer Podcast, where we chat about living as the most epic version of yourself, being an entrepreneur, personal development goals, mom hustle, and starting a new life over as a single boss babe. Life is way too short, guys, to sweat the small stuff, and living your life as the most intentional and exceptional version of yourself is the only way to achieve your dreams. I'm your girl, Amanda, an entrepreneur and goal-obsessed hustler in personal development, business, and fitness. So if that is your vibe too, then we are going to be besties. I freaking love sharing my goals, my new ideas, business successes to help you achieve the goals that you want as a high achiever. My growth is the reason I started this podcast because, hey, I'm just like anyone else out there. And sometimes I didn't believe enough in what I could truly accomplish in my life. So let's dive in to this episode, grab some notepads, some pens, and your heart and your mind to fill with some really good stuff. Okay guys, so before we get started into another episode, I wanted to share with you my new and exciting news about the latest and greatest. Courses have officially launched and they're so freaking good. They're filled with great content and value and I cannot wait to see you there in class. The RB High Achiever course has been on my heart for so long and I'm so beyond happy to be able to deliver this course for everyone. So make sure to head over to the website rbfurnitureshop.com forward slash courses or check out my link in this podcast for all the details. Guys, you are not going to want to miss this, so get your seats, get some early reservations in, and we cannot wait to see you up there in class. And welcome back to the Creative Influencer Podcast. It is episode 99, and we are talking about what it is to learn how to kite board in Peru. I have been so pumped about this episode. I'm actually so stoked about this because I don't know if you guys remember, but back on episode 80, I had my girl Kelly on the podcast and we were talking about what it's like to have life in South America in particular in Peru. Kelly is an amazing person. She is a host of all these amazing property rentals that she manages, which is called Aldea, which is in Peru. It's actually located in Paracas. So she kindly invited me down and has been bugging me for quite some time. So I finally managed to get on a plane, get down to Peru, and I spent a solid 10 days on learning how to kite board. Now, for those of you guys that are interested in what it takes to learn how to kiteboard, it's definitely the episode for you. I'm so excited to share this because it's been something that I've wanted to do for like at least the past couple of years. I'm so glad that I was able to spend a solid week trying to learn this new sport because it's definitely challenging. So go grab your coffee, put your AirPods in, and we're going to dive into this episode on what it's like to learn how to kiteboard in Peru, in particular in Paracas. So excited to share. All right, so it is your girl, Amanda, just here living my best life. And I told you, I told you guys that this was coming. 
this was gonna happen and I'm so freaking excited to share this with you guys for so many years. Actually, ironically, ironically, this is like such a crazy story, but we're gonna dive in about how I actually wanted to get to Peru. It's kind of a funny story. Um, and I think it's like speaks a little bit about like manifestation and just like the universe delivering things, and like putting stuff in your path. So, so freaking excited to share this with you guys. Earlier this year, my girl Kelly hopped onto this podcast to explain all about her super awesome rad life in Paracas, Peru. I highly recommend that you go back and take a listen. You can catch me and Kelly chatting about that on episode um, 80. During the episode, Kelly explains how she ended up living in Peru and her amazing community and rental properties that she offers through her business. So if you are interested, dial back to that. It's episode 80 and there's a lot of good points and notes. And even in the notes, it talks about there's links to the property rentals and all that stuff. But it was something that was really long coming. I have definitely wanted to go to Peru for like the past couple of years. And I'm so glad that I did. I finally booked a ticket to Peru and I'm going to explain and share and provide hopefully some incredible details on how you need to make Peru your next bucket list trip. So let's get started and go way far south into South America where some of the best communities in the world are arguably. So in classic Amanda style, let's just start from the very beginning. So to give you guys a baseline, like recap, and I'm not sure if I've already told this story before, but I met my friend Kelly two years ago in a CrossFit gym. I know, shocking, right? We talk about CrossFit all the time on this podcast. The CrossFit gym that I met Kelly at was in Muskoka. To paint a little bit of a picture for you, this was two summers ago. The crate and this, this is the crazy stuff. And guys, I'm telling you, this is the shit that you manifest that you want in your life. It makes a difference if you're looking for things, meaningful things, any things that just light your heart on fire. So prior to meeting Kelly at the CrossFit gym, I had been researching that week on one of my late rabbit hole, you know, binge fasts about how to get to Peru. And for those of you who know me most of the time I travel solo I often fly solo on these adventures so it's for no other reason and I would find like sometimes most people like I would say most people that are my age aren't typically traveling solo like they might be partnered up and they're traveling so gathering information for me in order to try to get to Peru I wouldn't say it was challenging it was just a little bit of the unknown like obviously I'm going to be going into South America Obviously, I'm like, I want to try to hit these sites. I wanted to do Machu Picchu. I wanted to like get really touristy in there, like doing all the stuff. I was like thinking about doing Alawesca and the mountains. Like I had a bucket list of things that I wanted to do. It was slightly overwhelming. I feel like when I started to do my research, I also don't at the time did not have a lot of friends that were familiar with Peru. So I didn't have like a lot of reference points to say like, hey, you know, I know you've been, have you done this track? Have you done like, and that's often how, I wouldn't say like how most of my traveling is done. It just gives you like a little bit of comfort. If you know somebody that's done something and like sort of like set the path for you, at least you have a reference, at least you have a guidance. 
Also too, I am, for those of you guys that are new on the podcast, I am a mom. I have three kids. I am not your average bear when it comes to this stuff. I don't mind traveling by myself. I'm definitely, um, I don't know. I hope one day that somebody will join me on these, these travels, but in the interim, I'm here I am and I am living my life to the fullest and trying to embrace all of this stuff in the whole mission, which is partly because of Conquer the World. That's where a lot of this stuff comes from. There's a new birth, a new beginning. And honestly, I feel like when you push yourself to do really hard things, just all these beautiful things open up. So Conquer the World, the website, if you guys have not checked this out, you should. It's conquertheworld.ca. A lot of that talks about its mental health and suicide prevention. Um, and that dials into my search in Peru. So here I am two years ago or two summers ago. And I was researching deeply on how to get to Peru. Go to the gym. On, it was on a Saturday. And normally on Saturdays at the gym, it's like a really hard workout. They're normally like three workouts all in one day. It's just like fast, but it's kind of like a game day. And I got partnered up with the new girl who had just arrived at the gym. Lo and behold, who is that? Kelly. So to paint a picture for Kelly of what Kelly looks like. Kelly is like a warrior. She is super strong. She's like the fastest runner I know. She's faster than like a gazelle. This girl is fire. She is so fit. And I end up getting partnered with this girl. And I have the look of the fear of God in my eyes. I kid you not. Like the fear of God, because I know that this woman is going to crush my soul and existence. <laughs> and I say that because you like, you know, when you get partnered up with people, guys, like this is coming for me. Like I failed gym class. Like I wasn't like, I don't know, like, I'm just like here on a Saturday to do a little workout. This girl's going to crush my soul. She's lovely. Super nice girl. Like she's all smiles, but she looks like super fit. Like she's just come off the podium from somewhere. Anyways, she's there. I get paired up with uh, Kelly. And I feel like for me, when I got paired up with her, <laughs> like to paint a picture like of her, she's definitely like savage, like a runner. She's a fantastic gymnast. I laugh so hard when my coach like pairs me up with her because I'm thinking to myself, like this isn't going to knock it end well, because I'm thinking it's going to go either one of two ways. Either this is going to be really fun and this girl's like chill or it's going to be super like freaking intense and I'm going to be crapping my pants the entire time. She's going to destroy me during the workout. So anyways, fear of me doing this workout, I end up working out with her and she's lovely. Kelly is the nicest human being you could possibly meet. She's so lovely. She's not intimidating. It was all in my head. So we work out for a while. She kicks my butt. And after picking my soul up off the floor, I ask her because we're having coffee as we do like after morning class, normally CrossFitters drink coffee. I'm like, hey, so like, where are you from? And she tells me that she's from Peru. I'm thinking to myself, this is crazy because I've been trying to dial in some research. It was just like the right time, the right place. So I pick her brain about Peru. And from that moment on, a friendship bonded by honestly, the love of travel, workouts, and being a super kind human being. I am so grateful that like, Kelly has walked into my world, especially from two years ago, because honestly, like this opportunity to learn how to kiteboard in Peru probably would not have been possible if I had not aligned with her. So guys, if you're ever wondering why I do CrossFit, why I get in and I promote community so much, why I'm promoting mental health awareness, why I promote travel is because this is the thing. It's like one story, one little thing, one Google research on something that started 
ended up meeting a person that was actually from that area. And here I am two years later learning how to kite in Peru. Like it's, this is, this is literally how I plan my life. I don't plan for things that are like, well, 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 way in advance. Like, yes, I have dreams. I have goals and all that stuff. But like, this would not have been possible if I would not have been pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And to go back and to actually speak to that, like to think about that day, I could have had the attitude where like, I don't want to pair with her because she's really tough. She's really competitive. She's really this. I'm really intimidated. I'm really scared. I'm really like, don't want to do this. If I would have had that attitude, could you imagine of not being able to make that possibility like this possibility happen? So me traveling the world, it's the greatest feeling to have. It's freedom. It's clarity. It's purpose. It's everything for me. So I think that I am just like really blessed for being able to, you know, work out with her um, during that moment. And I just think about like the alignment of how everything came together. And here we are, right, in Peru, two years later, learning how to kiteboard. Kelly's been asking me probably since that moment a few years ago to fly down to Peru and come check out some of the very cool stuff that she does. For me, guys, it's such an easy, like, answer with that. Travel is so big. And finally, this December, I had the opportunity to fly down and discover all the amazing things that Peru has to offer. For me, I'm going to, like, talk a little bit about, like, how I got there. Because I do feel like if this can be helpful for people in order, like, this podcast is going to talk more about how I got there, what I did, and particular, like, traveling from Toronto to Lima to Paracas to learn how to kiteboard like I just feel that like if I had a Kelly that was in the gym or listening to the podcast where people are like like do it go book the trip don't be scared don't be intimidated to do those things by yourself so we're gonna talk a little bit more about like just how I did it so booking flights were honestly they were pretty convenient especially when it came to flying direct it was part of my search and part of my prevention of being able to travel to Lima is that when I started researching flights I think prior to COVID this I think this is Kelly had mentioned this to me prior to COVID they used to do Toronto to Lima direct um, I believe that was offered like through Air Canada they don't offer that anymore now when I was researching tickets I could get a lot of flights down there but they had a lot of layovers I have fear from layovers. So for me, I feel that when I was able to finally book a flight, I was beyond excited because I found a direct flight. Direct flight through Air Transit that now offers from Lima to Toronto. And their weekly flights that were very affordable, I thought, especially for travel into South America. When I was finally able to find those flights and book, I was beyond excited, especially when it comes to considering that would have meant prior to me like doing a direct flight, it would have meant lots of connections and lots of layovers. And they're not exactly my favorite thing considering my history. I'm not sure if I shared about this, about my last trip. I'm, I, I know I did. I don't know what podcast I did it on, but the last trip that I did a layover in the US, I was flying home from the UK. I was flying from London to Chicago, ended up missing my flight. I had a Chicago to Toronto connect and they put me on standby for 72 hours. Yes, I'm going to repeat that. That wasn't an error in the podcast. It was 72 hours. So I fly into Chicago from London and they're like, hey girl, you missed your flight because of British Airways, by the way. And uh, you're also going to be on standby for 72 hours. I'm like, 72 hours? That's like three days. And no hotel. You're just chilling here at the airport. No offense. uh, Like, 
nothing wrong with Chicago, but just didn't want to hang out there and not my favorite place to be in the airport. So for me, I try to travel direct. I also would recommend like for me personally, when you're trying to do direct like that, if you're traveling with equipment, it gets real costly if you end up like losing some of that stuff or, um, you know, your luggage is like, you can't get it. and It's not delivered. So I just, I think try to fly direct when you can. Obviously it's not possible on every single flight, but for this, for me, Air Transit is offering Lima to Toronto direct and Toronto to Lima direct. So, and they're very affordable. Air Transit, I think was a pretty good airline. Like it was a big, good quality airline to go fly down. So the most of the time when they do, First off, like the flights down to Lima, it was a red eye. And most of the time, this is a normal situation. Obviously for me, traveling back and forth to the UK, it's the same deal. Like you fly through the night. I found it was like a little bit more of a bonus when traveling to Lima because it's an eight hour flight. So that means you can get a good amount of sleep and rest prior to landing in Lima. I would, I am the person that can sleep on an airplane. I have no problem with doing that. I mean, I don't know if it's like a deep sleep, but I definitely am able to snooze on the airplane. Um, And I'm very well rested. I I would definitely consider making sure that you get like a really good quality sleep schedule like a month prior to taking any type of red eye, especially when you're flying during the night, especially when it's like an eight hour flight during the night. Like that's, that's long. So try to like, even if you know that you're that type of person, like, I knew that I needed to get my sleep sort of dialed in and making sure that I was going to bed on time prior to leaving uh, for Peru because I knew as soon as I landed in Lima that I would have like a very busy schedule. So I arranged with Kelly to have a taxi pick me up at the airport when landing in Lima and then transfer me to Paracas, which is about a three and a half to four hour drive. And let me tell you, I felt like it was totally worth it. Although I do hear that the buses in Peru are better than first class on an airplane. So there's no holdbacks there. I would not have a problem with taking a bus from Lima to Paracas or vice versa, like from uh, Paracas to Lima or traveling around, I think, most places in Peru for bus. I've taken a look at some of the pictures of the interior of the buses. And guys, they're, they're nicer than a first class airplane for sure. Like amazing seats. Um you know, they probably are going to take a little bit longer than a taxi, but who cares? Like sleep on them and they look incredible. So, and a very affordable option and definitely something that I wouldn't have like assumed that South America and Peru, that the buses are of that type of standard and quality. So for me, I ended up taking a taxi, but I would definitely consider if you were going to do a bus. So by the time that I arrived in Paracas, it was just after lunch And Kelly had arranged for me to start the day off kite surfing. Now, by the way, you don't need to have a Kelly. I have a Kelly. Not everybody has a Kelly, but you can do this on your own. So traveling, like I said, from Toronto to Lima, I ended up going to Paracas. There's lots of great places to stay in Paracas. Highly recommend uh, Kelly's uh, condo that she has. It's Aldea. I'll put the links here in the podcast um, to be able to book. There's lots of sites that you can book through her directly. There are lots of other options to stay in Paracas as well. I was fortunate enough to stay with Kelly and her accommodations were beautiful. They're incredible. She had set me up with a kite school that is in Paracas as well. I highly recommend them. It was a Flamingo Kite Club. Amazing. Kelly had asked me what I wanted to do while I was there in Peru. And I'm going to be honest. 
the honest answer for this stuff for me at this particular time. So I didn't want to do anything else. Like I know I had started this trip where I was like, I want to do Machu Picchu and I want to be able to travel and explore Peru. But I don't know, guys, like I'm just kind of in a bit of a funk right now. Like I just wanted to be able just to chill. I don't know if it was just the end of the year. It was like reflection, but I didn't want to have a schedule that was incredibly busy and do it solo. And it's not because I, I don't know. I just, it's not because I didn't, I wouldn't do it solo. I just felt like I just needed to have a chill. So that's what my body is looking for. And that's what we're going to do. And I, I just, I'm okay with that. It was okay because it was the holidays traveling over New Year's, doing, being able to catch up with my friend Kelly. I just I was like, cool. I'm like, I just, I'm good with like sitting on the beach and just learning how to kite for the time that I'm there. I'm like really, really cool with that. And sometimes you just have to listen to your body and do absolutely nothing. I've always like, I'm always the type of person that's itching to go a thousand miles per hour. And by the end of this year, I felt like I'm just, I don't know, I wasn't feeling it. So for me, that's what I chose to do. Now, I definitely think that you would be able to travel to Peru and do a ton of other things um, and be able to do the Machu Picchu. Although I do recommend with kite surfing that you take at least three to five days to learn that because I don't feel that it's enough time to learn it. Definitely not in a day or two. Kite surfing is a sport with both Kelly and her partner, Nikhil, talk a lot about <laughs> They happen to be super cool and they often have different types of boards and like foil boards and surfboards and all the stuff in their travel gear. Personally for me, I surf and I wakeboard and I love to hear and talk about anything like any new sports that are on the water. So kite surfing to me seemed like a perfect opportunity to learn how to in a beautiful paradise like Paracas. This area is actually super unique to Peru and arguably, I would say, around the world where the desert mountains are literally the backdrop of the ocean bay and it creates this thermal wind that are almost perfect conditions most day for kite surfing. Kite surfing season tends to run, and I'm not sure exactly, but I'm going to say probably like the prime time is like December to April but I think it could start as early as like October to maybe possibly May where like those are the shoulder, like maybe October to December, like it's kind of hit or miss, but I would say probably like from December to April are their prime times for kiting because that's when it gets, it would, I guess would be the hottest from the desert. So creating, cause it's their summer. So for those of you catching wind, <laughs> Tracking wind seems to be the most common element for the kite surfing community because they need wind. They need to be able to track that in order for them to have successful rides and runs and all of that stuff. So the unique thing with being in Paracas, what happens is that it's in a bay. The bay is cooler ocean temperatures that uh, are surrounded by the backdrop of these mountains. The mountains heat up from the heat of the sun and by the afternoon it creates like this thermal wind that is perfect for kiting so it's beautiful it's got this amazing backdrop and it's a stunning place to learn how to kite so without wind they can't fly and it's beyond freeing to learn how to kite and feel weightless which I would imagine it's probably the closest thing to taking flight as like a human could do right so I definitely very intrigued like being there and like watching all of these kiters and they just like so look so graceful on the bay and doing 
you know, anything from basic movements to, you know, flips and tricks. And there's different styles of, of kiting, just like what there is for wakeboarding. And especially when they get into like, I, I would assume like competing or, you know, being sponsored, there's different styles of the different types of, uh, you know, tricks and things like that they can do for me just being able to learn how to get up there and like, you know, being able to kite surf, um, was really quite challenging. I really definitely underestimated the amount of time that it was going to take in order to learn how to kite surf. So we're going to die. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to dive into what that looked like for me being able to get in there and get in the water. The water temperatures were quite cool. So I needed to wear a wetsuit, um, for most of the time. I would highly recommend that, uh, in Paracas. I personally do a lot of water sports in cooler temperatures here in Canada. So I'm definitely the person that I have no shame. I'll go out in October. Um, I don't always have a wetsuit on. My wetsuit is thinner. It's, it's a one mil. I would highly recommend that, you know, you go up a little bit, even as high as like a four mil, uh, wetsuit for, uh, Paracas area. It's, it's nice to have something that's a little bit warmer. I didn't feel that it was that cold, but I think if you were maybe, you know, maybe not in the, sh the shoulder months, it could be a little bit colder. I mean, they have wetsuit rentals that you can rent there as well, too. So that's pretty cool. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll come on and we're going to tell you all about the kite school and my instructor and what that learned to, you know, feel like with kiting in Paracas. Okay, so after I get in and I'm all settled, Kelly, like my girl, she kept on like hooking me up with all this amazing stuff and highly, highly recommend trip to Paracas because it's an incredible opportunity to get and understand Peru. It's beautiful backdrop. You have the desert there. There's all the stuff, guys. Aldea is a great spot to be able to stay. There's beautiful rentals that are there. They have like full fitness uh, services and facilities, a pool, like all the stuff, all the amenities. It's like five class star, like amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. So the kite school that I learned to kite was called uh, Kangaroo Kite. Now it is located in Paracas and they have an amazing team of not just instructors, but wholesome owners and a massive community. You can rent equipment there and get detailed lessons from the top instructors that take time showing you everything to know about kiting. Now, this is not a sale on anything. Like, I, I, honestly, guys, like this podcast, like we put this content out there just because I want to be able to share these experiences. I don't get any kickbacks from any of this stuff. They're not promos. They're not like, I just... If there's something really good and it's really great service, I want to really just share that with people because I'm a small business owner and I feel that that review that, you know, is worth more to me than what it would be for anything else. So first of all, let's just talk about Kangaroo Kite. Kangaroo Kite was an amazing school. I mean, I've been to lots of different communities with like wakeboarders and surfers and like, you know, like traveling, like I'll go to Costa Rica and I'm part of a surf club there too. Amazing communities and, and any of this. Kangaroo Kite is no exception. I would say that they were probably top level. I would compare this to my home base at our cable park in Muskoka because it's kind of the same vibe probably a little bit cooler. Like I'm just I'm like a little bit cooler. Kangaroo Kite has it made for community. 
If you're on the beach and you're in Paracas, you definitely want to check them out. They've got, I don't remember the name of it, but there's this great little restaurant that's behind. It's like kind of, uh, you know, like a lunch place where you can get like poke bowls. You can get like a cup of coffee. You can get a beer. You can get some chicken wings. Like it's a little bit of mix, everything. Food's delicious. It's incredible. Um, people thought that it was a little bit expensive. I didn't, I just feel like it was average. It was like average US Canadian prices, like, you know, for a thing of chicken wings or a poke bowl or whatever, it would be comparable, like a cup of coffee that you would get at Starbucks. So for me, I was like, it's all relative. It's also like very convenient because it's there too. They have like the way that it's set up at Kangaroo Kite. It's so cute. They have like this little lounge area that's protected from the sun. And that is the other big thing too. Just a reminder, if you do or you're in Peru, the UV in Peru is super strong. So I felt like it wasn't extremely hot, like especially when it was like comparable to Costa Rica. Like for me, Costa Rica is much hotter. It The temperatures are definitely much hotter, hotter in Costa Rica. However, I would say like in Peru, I think that the UV is that much more stronger and you need to be very cautious and like protective of your skin. I feel like that is the danger zone, like getting burnt there would be very easy. So like full wetsuits, full hats, full sunscreen, like all the stuff, full protective gear, like on your body, especially if you're surfing, like wear your rash guards, like all that stuff and making sure that, you know, you're lathered up in some good quality sunscreen because, I'm super fair and I burn like really easily. So yeah, I definitely with that. Now, Kelly's partner, Nikhil, had told me that the reason I'm not sure if this is 100% sure, true, but the reason for that is because the ozone, uh, the hole in the ozone is very close to that location. So that is the reason for the UV, like the penetration is like that much stronger in that particular area of the world. So just be mindful of that. If you are traveling and you're in Peru, I would just say, you know, be really mindful of making sure that you have a hat and you, you know, protect your skin. Kangaroo kite though, like amazing. So they have like, they have like little loungers, like protected from the sun. It's like shaded and covered. Um, tons of like little beach parties that they would host there. That's like, aside from kiting, like, yes, that's amazing. And uh, they have that like there, but oh my gosh, they had like little birthday parties and barbecues. They're all just like so cute and dancing and singing. And I just love that. All these like kiters come in and they sit down and, you know, they're having like, you know, whatever, like after they're kiting, they're just like having this big community. And it's just, it was amazing. It was an incredible opportunity to be able to see this like firsthand. I'm not sure how, if that's how all kiting communities are because I've only experienced one, but if that's how this one is, like it's, it's incredible. And if that's how they all are, wow, like I can understand why people want to kite and be part of that uh, community. It's funny because they actually have a sign that says good vibes uh, only. They're like good vibes only. That's like part of their little signage. And honestly, the mantra around that kite school is filled with amazing, an amazing community. And it's made up from local kiters and drop-ins and people that are like myself that are traveling to take lessons. And nonetheless, it still feels like a close connection to family. This is so big for me too, because I feel that I deeply connect with people that make life feel beautiful like that. And I think that the way that people often have that, especially from like, I look at like kangaroo kite as like a small business. They're so freaking passionate about what they do. So freaking passionate about the do. 
And that shows. It comes out in their community. They're so welcoming. They're so embracing. And, you know, maybe possibly it's because everybody is so far away from where their home was, you know, originally. There's a lot of people that, you know, obviously Paracas is not where they were born and raised, but this has now become their home. So it's even more important for them to create this, like, almost sense of, like, community and connection and, you know, deep relationships with their kiting community because that's all that they have. And it's similar to the experiences that I feel that when I'm at my CrossFit gym at home, it's like, that's what we have. Like, we're not obviously all from that area. We haven't weren't born and raised in that area. And we're all committed so passionately to fitness that we have that common thread that connects us. It's very similar at Kangaroo Kite because they have that common thread that connects them, which is kiting. And the sense of community is unreal. It's just beautiful. It's such an experience. And if that's how all kiting communities are, it's just like, it's just beautiful. And I love that. I freaking love it. Family is everything. And so much more for people that like are just like they're far away from home. Where they connect, it's a windy beach where everyone protects and shares a common thread and a love of kiting. And I freaking love that. And I was embraced and welcomed so much from the beach. Honestly, the barbecues, the DJ events, it's the cutest spot on the beach and a must try hangout if you are ever in Paracas. Good vibes is definitely the mantra. And I certainly bought, it brought a new interest to me and kiting for the 2024 year. So for me, I chose to travel here to learn how to kite. And that was my primary focus for the duration of my stay. I would highly recommend spending at least three to five days on learning how to kite in Paracas. And I completely, for me, this is typical Amanda style, underestimated the amount of time that would be required to learn how to operate a kite safely. Now I'm talking about like not just being able to operate the kite and get up, but like actually execute it in a safe way and know what to do. Kites are super powerful. And if I'm being honest, I actually had no idea how to even operate the kite. No freaking clue. And I, the only thing that I would imagine or had a reference to would be, it would feel like when you were a little kid and you flew a kite, kind of the same, I guess, concept. Of course, in typical Amanda style, I thought that my less than average wakeboarding skills would help me with kiting. And it did, it arguably did at the end, but it took, I would say four to five days before I was even ready to get to that point because we were doing so many other things. There are lots of other schools that are in Paracas that I did notice that did not take the same amount of time going through all of these progressional steps the same way that Kangaroo Kite did. So just a heads up, and I'm not going to mention what those kite schools are, but Kangaroo Kite was the only kite school that I noticed the progressional stages and also to like CrossFit and you know, being deeply invested into that, that community, it's sort of the same philosophy. Like we would never allow you like, you know, it's, you know, scale, 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 scale. That's what we need to do in order. It's like technical progressional movements are more important than loading like heavy loads on a bar. And that is the same kind of progressions that I notice with kiting. It's like deload everything and get the technical aspect on the actual lift done properly. The movement, like, you know, go in and zone in on the correct form, the correct position of your body before you start loading any weights. And similar to kiting, it's like going through all these progressional steps before you even get to like the boarding part. 
A lot of other high schools would just jump to the boarding part. And I felt like a lot of students, like after a couple of days, it seemed to me that it was kind of a little bit frustrating because it is, it is defeating knowing that you're not actually getting up. But once you get past that, like once you get past that and noticing like you're so much further ahead than what the other kite schools are teaching because you've taken the time to learn the basics. So that's what I noticed. I feel that certainly wakeboarding or surfing or any type of, you know, water sport of that, like ski water skiing, I'm sure would help um, because you have the connection of like knowing your heel and your toe edge and it does help a little bit for sure. But I think time is everything and patience and never actually like giving up helped me to preserve what my kiting experience was. My 2024 mantra is you cannot fail if you do not quit. So stay savage like folks, because if you keep with that mindset, I think with the kiting, especially when you're learning to, it's really, really difficult. And I would say like any new sport, any new, you know, skill set that you're learning to do, like, my gosh, you have a 10 meter wide span kite that is, you know, pulling you on 22 meter lines through the air that's powerful enough to, you know, launch you 30 meters in the air. If that is the case to take the time and like learn how to control that kite correctly and properly. Like I'll take the time to do that. Um, but it is frustrating. It's frustrating when you're learning anything that's new, even if it's, you know, a new sport or you're new at the gym or anything. It just like, it's hard in the beginning, but it does get easier. I think once you get over that hump, it is so satisfying and gratifying on the other side. Now, don't get me wrong. Some things are just not for you, right? Some things you have to assess and quitting can be an option if it means that you're going to hurt yourself or it's going to cause an injury. That is a very smart idea to bail on something that you know physically is going to. It's like learn the progressional steps before you dive into the deep end. Kiting is a physical sport, guys, and you need to be able to support yourself and hold positions which sometimes can feel like hours. So the point of this is, is that always choose the smart decision that's for you and get a great coach to ensure that you prevent yourself from injury. Very easy, just like when it's similar to wakeboarding or surfing or any type of like water skiing or sport, there is a danger that's involved uh, with that. So take the time to learn the movements correctly and take the time to invest in a great coach. Now, for me, I got super lucky and I had an incredible coach and mentor to teach me how to kite. It was Wesley. Now, in Wesley's defense, I am not the easiest student. Insert all of my CrossFit coaches that I know listen to this podcast that are probably laughing right now. I'm often probably, I would say, the most unlikely to succeed at sports. And if I was in high school, that probably would have been like the caption underneath my high school yearbook would be like, most unlikely to succeed at sports. Yep, that's me. And God help any of my coaches because I am the least gifted person when it comes to sports and all that stuff. 
and I say this because it's from been from a very like early age on. I'm not I'm such a visual learner. Like I'm such a visual learner when it comes to being able to see things. And it's very difficult to like I'm con- I probably look like I'm a bit of a freak show when I'm st- if I'm staring at you on the beach is because I need to visually be able to see how to make the connection. And I'm often the student that will take like if it takes the average person three attempts to do something, it's going to take me probably three times the amount. So I'm up to nine, like before. Now, nine become exhausting, right? Because by the time you get to nine, your body's starting to fatigue out. And I'm sure that these poor coaches that are watching me, you know, do this. It's just, I'm just not gifted that way. I'm gifted in other things, but just in terms of sports, it takes me a little bit longer than what it does for the average bear. But I will say that I am the most determined and probably comparable to a stray dog that just won't go away. Most determined with a dash of rage quit and the most trying movements. And anybody that has watched me in a gym or seen me fail things in my life, then you would be able to attest to this. I definitely have failed more times than I've probably been successful, but it's the most satisfying thing when you finally get it. Anyways, okay, so back to Wesley. Obviously super skilled. This guy is super talented and kiting, and he lives his life in the most exciting adventures, traveling the world, looking for new kiting spots all over the world to conquer. I freaking love this. I love this adventure, and I love listening to his stories. They were probably just as exciting, honestly, as what it was to learn how to kite. Like, I'm such a people person when it comes to this stuff. Like, listening to Wesley's stories about his adventures and different, you know, things that he would do and just, you know, it, it was it was actually probably just as equally as exciting about learning how to kite because I love that. I love being able to listen to people, to talk to people, to get to know people, to hear what their stories are because they just find people so freaking interesting, especially when it comes to learning about like different things. Like that's not my world. It's not my language. I don't speak in that terminology. So hearing the stories about what they do and how they travel, it's just pretty cool. Like it's, it's just different. It's a different way to like open up your eyes and see life through a different perspective. So for me, I definitely think the thing is with coaches or any mentors that are in your life, they have a huge impact on you and your progress when your attitude is everything. So meaning that Wesley took his time teaching, but not just kiting, which is like honestly the most badass part, like the kiting part is like really cool, but the meat and potato part, for example, how to sort yourself out and untangle your kite, how to use emergency releases, how to body drag, how to launch your kite, how to catch your kite, and probably all the other boring stuff, but highly useful in all kinds of parts of kiting. That for me was like, I guess like, was it the most exciting thing to do? Probably not. But Wesley definitely made it like really fun where, you know, learning like the basics and these progressional steps are more important than what it actually takes to learn how to kite. Because if you don't know the basis, then how are you going to be able to, you know, do become really successful when it comes to like the cool part? So I love that. I love like how he took the time and was able to show me that. And honestly, I think that the investment in having a great coach and a great mentor makes the world of difference, especially when it comes to 
you being able to move through the percussion ladder pretty quickly. If you have somebody that has more experience than you and is able to communicate to you in order for you to learn from them, it's so, so valuable. Every day we use different kites from 15 meters to seven meter spans, all of which were explained to me why we were using them for the wind conditions of that day and so on and so on. There was a point of probably frustration that I think that most people get to when they're learning how to kite. The conditions of wind were constantly changing and you need to like, you need to feel the wind. Like sometimes it's not just like you need to like feel it, you need to hear it. It's something that I don't know if it necessarily can be like explained in a language, but it's like the sensation or a sense that you have when you know things are around. Now, am I the Yoda of kiting? Absolutely not. God, no, I am not. But these people that are there, Wesley and his crew and all the instructors, like they get it. They can understand what things are going on. Highly recommend that you hang out with people that understand what they're doing and are the kite whisperers of the ocean. So... I just felt like I had to share that. But for the point of this is like when people make stuff like that look easy, like when people are kiting and they or anything, right? When they make things look easy, it's because they've invested an incredible amount of time into that skill. And the point is that they never give up. And that's the difference that they were committed to not failing and that separated them from the average. So there's this great quote that I recently read on the airplane home. If you want to fly you got to give up the shit that weighs you down. Honestly, that is so reflective as to the mindset that you need to have when you take on hard challenges and when you embrace things that are hard. You have to release the things that weigh you down to clear your mind. And attitude is everything. For me, I am a mom of three kids. I'm a business owner. I was flying down to Peru to visit my friend. Learning how to kite for me is super challenging. And yes, you'll look at a couple of reels or see some things or some cool pictures. But for me, I stood in that ocean in the seaweed. (laughs) And Wesley will attest to this, getting super frustrated for a long period of time only to get up for that few moments of freedom at the end. I did eventually, after five days of learning how to operate that kite, get up and actually ride. And it was so very gratifying. And the joy could be heard over my radio back and forth to my coach, where I think that probably Wesley was more excited than me. But nevertheless, it was a challenge that I embraced in kiting. As hard as it was and hard as it is, it's likely will continue to be a hard thing for me, right? To most things, when they're big enough and challenging enough to learn like that, they're so worth celebrating on the other side when you conquer that. My last day on the beach in Paracas was ironic, to say the least. It was actually on my brother's birthday, and it was extremely windy that day. The sand was blowing everywhere, and there's white caps on the bay, and... I was just feeling like super emotional about that day. I knew that the conditions for me were not ideal because they were too advanced. It was really windy, which meant it was great for advanced riders. But for me being a beginner, not so great. I knew that my mindset probably wasn't, I guess, in the best frame of mind because it would have been my brother's 39th birthday And I was thinking to myself at the time, like I woke up and thinking to myself, like, okay, like, how am I going to, you know, I want to turn this into something that's like really positive. And what's the lesson that I'm going to take from this? You know, Andrew would have been 39 today and he would have been celebrating. And, 
you know what dawned on me is that I actually feel like it's using this year in his honor, right? Like using this year in his honor to take what I would have done and an opportunity to take turning 39 again as an opportunity to crush out some big goals, you know, because that's would have been such a big milestone for him. And again, it's like trying to take a lot of the sadness, a lot of the, you know, sorrow and, you know, frustration when it comes to grieving and loss and flipping it over into a positive, you know, aspect and mindset. So, you know, I wasn't in the greatest mindset that day. And I knew that if I could just find something to sort of like hold on to. So thinking of like, you know, journaling that morning and like having my coffee and thinking, you know, what would Andrew have done? And I definitely think it would have taken like, I mean, for him to be able to see like Peru and Paracas and kiting, it was just like such a cool experience. And one of the last times that I saw my brother was in Costa Rica and we were in Costa Rica and he wanted to watch the sunset. And I was just had the kids. I was like busy, wanted to go home. And he made me sit there and watch the sunset. And I will never forget that moment because he was like, no, no, no. He's like, we're just going to sit. We're going to wait. And we watched the sunset like crest over this sort of hill mountain. It was in this beautiful spot in Costa Rica. And it was the, the name of the beach is it's Concelli and it's like it, there's shells that are all on this beach. And it's just like, it's just so picturesque. And he just had a, such a beautiful day that day. And I will never, 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 never have I ever missed an opportunity to watch a sunset, especially when I'm triggered by something. So there I am and I'm out kiting and I had waited to the end of the day because I knew that the conditions were not that great for me. And I get out there and I just remember getting so frustrated because I had like, you know, drop the kite. It was my last day. I'm just like feeling kind of bummed out. And it was just, it was hard for me. Like I was really struggling with stuff. And I remember walking up the beach and my instructor, like (laughs) rescuing another lost board that I had, you know, sacrificed to the ocean. So he's out there and he's trying to save the board and getting the kite. And I'm sure thinking to himself, like, my gosh, like how many times is this girl going to attempt this? But I remember walking back and thinking to myself as I walk back to the area that we're going to start from and the sun was setting. And I just knew at that particular moment that it was like a sign just to embrace, you know, that moment, do the best that I could and try your hardest because there's only going to be that one sunset for today. And, you know, that was a great way to honor my brother and celebrate and be able to just like have this thing, like, you know, have this thing and opportunity to challenge yourself and push yourself through that hardship because not all of us do. Life is so short. It is so, so freaking short. And you never know when, you know, your last moments or opportunity or time is going to be. So, you know, rather than spending that time in like pity and sorrow and like feeling just sort of bummed out for myself, it was just like that moment where I'm like, it's the last sunset. Like, here we are. Like, this is the best that we've got. This is the conditions are not perfect. But you know what I can change? I can change my attitude. My attitude right now needs to be reflective of how appreciative I am for this moment and just finish it off strong. And that's what I did. 
and I was able to kite back to the beach standing up and not tomahawking a kite into the, the 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 beach and I was so proud of myself at that moment so I just wanted to have such a big thank you to first of all my girl Kelly because she was amazing her place Aldea the whole setup in Paracas is incredible it's so worth an opportunity to get down there to kangaroo kite incredible small business guys you guys are crushing it you are killing it it is such an interesting aspect of seeing community that's in Paracas like that. And the fact that it's kiting and all you guys come together, it's incredible. I love, love, love that. And I would highly recommend that if you are in Paracas and you have the opportunity to travel to Peru, that you definitely get connected with Kangaroo Kite because they have an incredible team, they have incredible instructors, and they're just so freaking talented. And that's what you need to have supporting you, especially when it comes to doing like these hard things. And to Wesley. To Wesley, my instructor, I had the best laughs with you on the beach. The fact that you would constantly check on and make sure that I was okay after I ate water so hard like a boss and got back up, I would thumbs up you from the water. And the fact that you would radio back to me laughing had me in chuckles. So thank you so much for being so patient with me. Thank you so much for being such an awesome guy when it came to teaching me how to kite. You guys look and make it look so badass. And it's definitely something for me as being new to the sport, it was so welcoming um, in your community to see all of that. So thank you so much, guys. I thoroughly enjoyed my trip to Peru, and I cannot wait to offer some more things that maybe are possibly going to be coming down the line soon. We'll see. We'll see because I'm definitely hoping to maybe possibly do a retreat down there and get everybody scheduled in. So stay tuned to upcoming events that are going to happen probably for this year. Can't wait to share that with you guys. And also, too... I cannot wait to post some of this stuff. So go head over to conquertheworld.ca. We'll be posting like all these adventures and stuff like that. And you can see some of the epic posts and pics and whatever. And all the links will be there for anybody that is interested uh, for being able to make these connections. Because again, this podcast and the whole premise behind it was to allow people an opportunity to be able to understand how to get to Peru a little bit easier. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope that you were able to gain a little bit more information on how to get to Peru, how to get to Paracas, and in more particular, how to learn how to kite surf and have some confidence in yourself. Attitude is everything, guys. Cannot wait to see you on the next show. Okay, guys, so before we get started into another episode, I wanted to share with you my new and exciting news about the latest and greatest. Courses have officially launched and they're so freaking good. They're filled with great content and value and I cannot wait to see you there in class. The RB High Achiever course has been on my heart for so long and I'm so beyond happy to be able to deliver this course for everyone. So make sure to head over to the website rbfurnitureshop.com forward slash courses 
or check out my link in this podcast for all the details. Guys, you are not going to want to miss this. So get your seats, get some early reservations in, and we cannot wait to see you up there in class.